As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, We are joined by Jake Rosen as well today. Jake, how's it going? I'm good. I appreciate you guys for having me on today. Yeah. um, Before we start, I have to announce uh, what's going on. Unfortunately, this is my last episode um, with Prep to Pro. Um, unfortunately, just not able to continue uh, on with the podcast. And that's why I didn't say special guest Jake Rosen, because uh, even though I will be gone and the podcast will live on, um, it's not dying. Don't worry. So Jake is taking over my spot as as co-host. So he and Max will be keeping up the, the weekly or bi-weekly episodes um so yeah i mean it's been a crazy awesome ride these last what, 10 months and i think 80 or so episodes but we're doing this one last one normal um with the three of us um so yeah let's just get into it and it's going to be a good one it is going to be a good one because ben we're talking sharif cooper he Y'all played he played a college basketball game and i'm very excited about it because it was it didn't answer all the questions, but it was uh, it was a compelling debut. Um, so the reason that, that I love Sharif Cooper was advantage creation and then an ability to do something with it. That as a high school player, he was a guy who just was getting deep paint touches on every single possession, truly whenever he wanted. And it looked easy all the time. And that's what it was in game one against SEC competition without playing a competitive basketball game in probably close to a year. Um, Sharif Cooper, no one could stay in front of him until the the waning minutes of the game when when I would imagine he was pretty gassed. um, And they they started to adjust to him defensively some. Uh, But Sharif was just creating advantages over and over and over again. Um, in a way that, that I don't think we've really seen from, from anyone in this class, honestly. Like, like yes, Cade, Cade is a very, very consistent advantage cre- creator, but I don't think it ever looks this easy. Um, this, this was kind of unique and looked a lot like the prospect that I was really excited about as a potential lottery guy. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, before I get started on Sharif, I do want to just say thank you to Max for kind of reaching out and giving me the opportunity. And of course... Um, Ben, you've done such an amazing job building this up. Uh, I know a ton of people that this has 
not only sparked their interest in NBA draft, but it's become something they routinely listen to and get their ideas and takes from. And just you guys have done a really great job of building up the NBA draft fan base, I guess, uh, just from Twitter. And so it's pretty special to get to be a part of that. And I look forward to having the pleasure of talking hoops with Max Carlin every week, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, back to Sharif, though, because me and Max are both very big Sharif fans. Um, I think Ben is going to come around eventually. But yeah, just I want to echo everything Max said. And we're going to talk about how to like how, the right way to evaluate high school guards um, later in the episode, because I've definitely gotten burned on that a few times. But Sharif Cooper is, is the right way, and it's consistent constant advantage creation it should look easy it should look like you can get in the paint at any time it should look like you can make every pass in the book and that's exactly what Sharif did um I mean I tweeted this like if I had to clip every Sharif pass or possession that seemed like clip worthy to most other guard prospects I think I would run out of storage on my computer by the end of the uh, by the end of the season because there's literally it's every single possession he's getting to the paint he's looking off one defender he's throwing a skip pass on the move with his left hand like there are so many nuances of this performance which I'm sure we'll get into later and I have a few notes on that but just overall like like Max said didn't answer all the questions like there's still scoring concerns there's still shooting concerns the defense is always going to be there or lack thereof but I think it was about as good of a debut as you could ever ask for. Yeah, as the resident Sharif Cooper skeptic, um, at least preseason. I mean, re- relative, I say. I, I I saw the appeal certainly. Uh, I saw the. I, I had more concerns, and I was kind of in wait and see mode. I mean, some people I think are like kind of were kind of like out on him as a real prospect, and I mean, I always believed in him to some extent. But I, I think this game definitely abated some of my concerns, but some were still present. The big concern that this game kind of. Um, answered not not answered but addressed for me was his passing which looked way better than i anticipated so so um, much better so much yeah. better like, sharif you, yeah I even than the people yeah. who were high on him yeah i mean sharif i mean i mean i mean i think max and i were and jake were pretty like i don't think any of us had um wildly different ideas of what his passing was like mm-hmm. I, I mean he was a pretty good passer not special um obviously aided by his really ridiculous rim gravity and constant deep paint touches as you said but he, he he was kind of more of a kickout artist like he would knife into the lane you know on, on on every play and he would regularly hit shooters um but he wasn't really advanced with manipulation wasn't really an advanced pick and roll operator in in, in aau or or high school really didn't have uh, a ton of laydowns in in his bag, but all of that, um, <laughs> he looked like. I mean, he looked like a totally different passer. Um, like manipulative laydowns and lobs to cutters, uh, wraparound passes and the pick and roll. Um, just something I totally didn't see coming at all. Considering I thought those passes were kind of a blind spot for him. Um, and to see him make that significant of a passing jump, obviously it's just one game, but those weren't like he made like his five best passes I've ever seen him make in that one game. Yeah, um, I think it was probably near consensus that Sharif was like a very good to great passer, but definitely not a special one. So yeah. it sounds like Ben maybe was a little bit lower on that, and on that, but but somewhere in that spectrum. Yeah. Um, and I think that he looked a lot closer to a special passer in this game. That he threw two, two or three of the best like interior wraparounds that any prospect has mm-hmm. thrown this year. He threw a couple of really incredible manipulative passes. That that one, that live dribble righty one, 
where he where he looked off the tagger and hit the ghost cutter for a lob. I wow, it was so nasty. I, I have in my notes that that was the best pass I've seen all year. Um, yeah, hands down, the best pass I've seen all year. Yeah, there, well, okay. The there's a Cade one to one of the Boone twins, like wrapped around Kevin Samuel. That's really nuts. Um, there, that, like, there are the jumping one or there are a few, no, no. Ones, but he has like sh- a jump wrap. The one, one the one which I, that the one why that Sharif pass like really like I had to watch that probably like five or six times is that like not only is it manipulation like I see you I'm, I'm like it's like the layers that he achieved. Herb Jones is a pretty smart team defender like that's his calling card and he, Herb Jones was tagging the role and basically like Sharif just had the ball like in this live dribble like pocket pass formation where most guys would just try to like rifle in that pass the tag like you said and in theory Herb Jones is in perfect position but what Sharif did is like he literally just had Herb Jones staring down that tag man forever and which invited the ghost cutter to just kind of sneak behind him. Like when that ball's up in the air, you'll see Herb Jones try to run back to the corner to close out. Cause that's where he thinks yeah, his man Sharif is. Makes it look like he's skipping that to the corner. Yep. Like he, he makes it look with the angle that he brings it up with. He looks like he's going to like, right. Like you said, skip that to the corner or lay it down to the tag, which in theory, Herb Jones would be in perfect position. Once he sees that ball in the air, he literally goes to sprint to the corner. Cause that's where he thinks JT Thor is. And Sharif hits him with this like fake little lob to the perfect spot for a dunk. It was nuts. Yeah. He like in terms of, cause the functionality was so crazy. The way that he was just whipping passes off a live dribble with both hands. Like it, in terms of smoothness off the dribble, it looked like Kyra, but mm-hmm. like it, instead of Kyra being a pretty basic passer who was just sort of capitalizing on his own scoring gravity, it was this high, high, high level manipulator with really, really, you know, diverse deliveries and just an incredible understanding of, of how the defense was moving in response to him. It was, it was really magnificent. Like as Jake said, that there were so many clips that you could pick out as unbelievable passes. It, and it was just pa- like possession after possession after possession with unbelievable pass. And, and again, I just want to emphasize how easily he was creating them because his advantage creation is just so, so crazy. And, it, and I don't think it looks that impressive at all times. Like, c- certainly when he breaks out, you know, his most ridiculous dribble combos, like, those look insane. And he has that. He mm-hmm. absolutely has that. Like, Sharif has an unbelievable handle um, that he sells incredibly well. Um, but it, it often doesn't look that difficult for him. Whereas just, like, he you know, he just uses really, really precise and efficient footwork and just explodes downhill. And it's kind of hard in like in that it's it's just so sudden and done with, with such a such an efficiency of movement that he just blows by guys and, and he has, you know, exceptional burst to go with that. But but there's it just looks incredibly easy for him to to get paint touches whenever he wants. And and the fact that he's both this brilliant reactive passer and now seems to be showing off that he is a high, high, high level manipulator. Um, that's a really scary proposition. Reef yeah. is like the king of our friend above the break three. PD Webb's uh, heuristic for evaluating guards. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you just go through the go through the prongs. It's um, easy buckets in the half court, average degree of difficulty degree of difficulty of the average bucket how dramatic is the space creation look at the passing windows and show me the special and i mean sharif cooper checks every single one of those boxes like and that that's what i said when we were talking about him in the summer yeah his ability to just generate 
easy buckets. Like, like his highlight tape is going to be, yes, like full of those, I mean, full of those, you know, crazy crossovers. And as his shooting progresses positively, you know, there'll be some off dribble threes. He's not going to shoot one for seven every game, but that's a, that's something we'll get into in a little bit, I'm sure. But, you know, you'll see just open layups and open layups and open layups. And that's what you want from um, elite guard prospects. And I mean, that's just a pretty good indicator that I think Sharif, um, you know, despite being as small as he is, definitely has some real lead guard equity, um, or at least more than I kind of originally credited them for. Yeah. I mean, I think and another point that I'll make is like, everyone's gotten burned on overreacting to a debut or the first time you saw a guy like I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it. But like where I don't necessarily think like, I'm not going to say it's impossible to overreact to the Sharif debut, but I think there are a lot of takes that like I would be more welcoming to that others might say, Oh, that you're reaching like that's one game overreaction. And the reason for that is like, like Max said, like everything was so easy. It was so repeatable. And I tweeted it like, him getting into the paint and him manipulating and knifing up the defense like that can he can do that every game that was an SCC defense who's giving him hard hedges and yes the ball screens they Auburn did a great job setting high ball screens and did a great job sending cutters to the basket for him to find lobs like I'm not denying all that however it wasn't like he was on this pull-up shooting rampage that isn't sustainable like Ben said he went one for seven he's a great finisher as for a guard and it wasn't like he was making all these insane finishes that he's never going to be able to make again on a consistent basis like I, I feel like it's kind of sounds crazy to say because I think he had like 28 and nine or something crazy like that but like, I didn't watch this game live and on the second rewatch and think, oh, Reef couldn't do that multiple times again. Like, I didn't think this was an outlier game by any means. Maybe on the box score, like maybe he doesn't get as many ticky tack fouls that he ended up getting. Or I don't know, maybe he doesn't get like a transition layup here and there. So the actual box score impact isn't the same. But I think just the pure advantage creation and the advantage opportunities that he creates for his teammates on a consistent basis, I don't think that's really going away anytime soon. How good of a finisher do you guys think Sharif can be at his peak? Because obviously, like like you mentioned, that game, uh, six for nine at the rim, like right now, I mean, 10 free throw attempts, that's, you know, might not be sustainable. But I mean, obviously, Sharif has a really unique guard finishing packages in that his body control and balance and touch are all like really special and make up for the fact that he's, you know, 5'10 and doesn't weigh anything at all. Um, so, I mean, that, that question being, you know, especially as he plays high level defenses in the NBA and, you know, hopefully one day in the playoffs, how good of a guard finisher can he really be? Yeah, my, my Sharif finishing take has always been that I think he can have, he can be a high volume guard finisher on fine efficiency um, while getting fouled a ton. Um, so, so he isn't like an unbelievably special guard finisher, but he was getting blocked constantly in high school and AAU. Mm-hmm. Like if he had played a, a full college season, I imagine he would have led the NCAA in shots blocked. I think he also probably would have shot fine because when, when he gets them off, he's probably going to make them. He's such an advanced guard finisher. Like he has truly every single craft finish you could ever imagine. And then more that you, that, that you couldn't imagine. Um, like saying that his body control is special is like legitimately undersells it because it's, it's one of a kind. Um, so I think, I think he can have high volume, fine efficiency. And because he is small and has such good, um, craft, 
and is already an accomplished BS foul drawer, I think he could really live at the line. Um, and so overall, I think you're looking at a pretty devastating slashing point guard, uh, even though he's 5'11 or whatever it is. Yeah, I I, I think he's going to be like a very like good anecdotal finisher, if that makes sense. Like when you yeah. watch him, you're like, oh my God, this dude's a crazy finisher. And then you go look like at the Kyrie. numbers, you look at the numbers, you're like, ah, uh, like he's maybe not as efficient as I thought. But at the end of the day, like he's six one buck 70 like he's not going to be i love how he keeps growing with each one of us talks about him and he's growing (laughs) i think i I don't know i think he's six one i think he's six i i think he's like six six foot and a quarter inch or something that's fine i think he's six i think he's six um but anyways like for a six foot guard who is rather skinny i think he's going to be a high-end finisher for that archetype like i'm comfortable saying that does that correlate to like above average NBA like when you compare him to all NBA players is, is he going to be an above average finisher I, probably not um yeah but for his yeah. role I think and Max said like I want to emphasize, emphasize the foul drawing he's gonna piss so many dudes off it already started to happen yeah it's really like Trey like, in the second in the second really. half of that Auburn game and that Auburn Alabama game I was legit laughing like watching dudes were trying to get up in his stuff and like poke and and I mean, he's a smaller guard, so the counter to that is usually be physical, rough him up a little bit, and he throws out these like he'll flail his head back, he'll he's throw his so arm good. around. Like he's he got to the free throw line so many times, and they were yes, I did call them ticky tack fouls like early, literally five minutes ago, but that is legit a skill. Like me and my friends growing up going to Maryland games, I don't know how much like Maryland basketball and Mellow Trimble you guys watch, but like Mellow Trimble love this like head fake it was when he would be dribbling up some dude was on his hip he'd flare his head back and foul every time and it was like the joke between us and we'd all try to imitate him at basketball practice like whatever Sharif has all of that and he's not only is he gonna like piss off opponents with the way the league is calling like you said Trey getting those foul calls right now like it just when you're so well versed in how you can beat someone it just limits the ways the defense can punish you like you can't get in up into his stuff now because he's super crafty and he'll draw foul if you give him any bit of space as a runway he might take a pull-up three which i think he's definitely better than one for seven at or he'll use that as a runway with his burst and blow right by you like there's really not a way to guard him right now one especially one-on-one in the college game just with his skill his burst and the way he's manipulating the defense which i have been very pleasantly surprised by yeah, and so, for what it's worth, uh, what it's worth, um, yeah, I was gonna say, um, well, one for what it's worth, Auburn lists him at six one one eighty, which, um, all right, so he's definitely know, not six. Might, yeah, he's he's not not, but, yeah. I mean, our friend Ross Homan has made the point about comparing him to Isaiah Thomas, um, in relation to his finishing, and I mean, I think that's a reasonable, reasonable, at least stylistic comparison. I mean, in his like really great 2016-2017 season, um, it shot what 59 percent at the rim which is quite good for a guard of his size like yeah as I the think... resident celtics fan like isaiah thomas is one of the most like jacked was one of the most jacked players in the nba and that was pretty pretty integral to how his finishing worked that he played through contact and he was a free throw rate monster because like because he was generating so much contact um and he he's a guy who i think like what jake got at the more of an anecdotal finisher Although, like, his junior year at Washington, like, he was an elite finisher full stop. Um, and so that I think that that just kind of speaks to 
being like to to be a viable even small guard finisher like at the college level you you have to be pretty ridiculous mm-hmm. um so curious to see what happens yeah um yeah i mean it's yeah junior it shot almost 68 percent at the rim in college which is absurd for a guy his size with what i was going to say but yeah i mean i think he can definitely be i'm i'm like probably most interested to see how the foul drawing translates to the league because he does i mean like like we said have that like the bs ticky tack like little rule bending foul drawing like trey and mentioned like, like something trey has so been so great at and is a big reason that he can um have a lot of value as a slasher despite his, his finishing issues in the league and i think that's something definitely something sharif can replicate but there also is like a size and physicality component there too where if you're just too small and weak i, I question the sustainability of just purely bs foul drawing but i do think he's going to be a pretty good guard slasher um in terms of his scoring but i'm definitely just interested to see how that that translates as you know m- definitely to, to see where the finishing levels out at for this season i mean we're, we're probably not gonna have the hugest sample but i mean considering his rim volume actually we're probably gonna have a pretty decent attempt attempt rate but yeah i mean I'm, I'm just curious to see where he ends up leveling out there yeah i mean and that's a worthwhile point in general because after that first game, I will say I'm a little bit concerned about Sharif's scoring. Um, and that that's the biggest thing for me to watch because I think, like Jake said, I think the process of how he created advantages and then what he did with them was very, very repeatable. And surrounding him with guys who are like multifaceted, like this Auburn team where, where they are like explosive vertical leapers and they can, you know, they could be flying into the rim or, you know, they could, they're good enough spot up shooters uh, really make Sharif devastating. Um, but I do worry, like, say he finds himself in a situation playing against like Milwaukee's drop in the NBA where he's going to have like Drew Holiday defending him in his, on, on his, on his primary assignment. So a disciplined, long, athletic and bigger defender. Um, cause I think that that was kind of what you saw from Alabama late and, and as part of how they slowed him though, I think all, a lot of that was also fatigue. Um, so you have a bigger, longer disciplined defender as well as an elite rim protector, and then you're not seeing a lot of help elsewhere. I do worry a little bit then because Sharif needs to be a lot more of a threat with his floater and with his pull-up than I think we saw in that game for sure. And I'm I'm not particularly I like from what I remember, he did have a, a pretty damn good floater. Um, in the past, I could be wrong about that, but, um, that's, I, that's, yeah, no, Sorry. I mean, I'll say like, I've definitely watched a good amount of Sharif between AOT, um, McEatron and seeing him in person a couple times, actually. And the touch is there, like he's a really good in between game. And I was actually looking for that to kind of be leveraged against Alabama. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I guess he didn't really need to, because every time he kind of got in the paint, someone would fly at him and he'd throw a lob to a to like dunker um so why take a floater when you can do that but i definitely do think it's still there and i think the touch is there the creativity one thing i will say about Sharif is like the first time i saw him in person he was a rising junior so playing a year up on the uibl circuit he was playing it was him and akoro and and bj actually it was a wild team um and and um 
Sharif, like, he would just kind of figure out these, like, weird, unorthodox ways to score. Like, he would post up guys at, like... Yes. Uh, yeah, he loves that. Sharif, the Sharif post-initiation and, is, and so, this is better than Nico post-initiation. Oh, it's and, my favorite and, thing Sharif ever. is, like, four inches oh, short. Sharif, at this time, <laughs> Sharif, I interviewed him, and I am probably no taller than 5'9", and I was looking him dead in the eye. Like, eye to eye. He's 5'9", <laughs> rail thin, and he's posting up on the EYBL circuit. I'm like, this guy like and what i'll say is like do i think shreve cooper is going to have a consistent diet of post-up turnarounds that are going to result in him getting x amount of points per game like probably not no i don't but what i'm saying my overall point of this is like he's always just been a guy who finds ways to put the ball in the basket and like he just finds a way it sounds cliche it does i know it i i know we live in a world where it's like okay i'm gonna get eight points off this i'm gonna get to the line x amount of times i'm gonna do this x amount of times and i'm gonna get anywhere between 25 and 30 like sharif i feel like he's just gonna like play with the like play with the flow of the game like well like we said he didn't take any floaters i think we could see a game where sharif takes seven floaters in one game oh uh, he took one i think it took one it took yeah yes he, that was the first shot he took in first shot. yes like i think we could see games where he's going to adjust the the rim protector is going to stay home on these cutters and he's going to take floaters i think he's just a very savvy basketball player who has had a a ton of reps at every single level and i just think like i don't trust a lot more prospects to like read the game on the fly more than sharif cooper and that was probably the playmaking aspect that i was kind of most impressed with is yes like a lot of these guys now i'm not saying a lot of these guys can do what he did coming off a ball screen because that was special but we'll see a lot of guys and it can be taught you come off the ball screen you read the corner tag if he goes here you throw the ball here you put your eyes here and you slip it into the role, man. Like, I'm making it sound easier than it is, but these rotations are somewhat concrete and repetitive. When he was rejecting these ball screens and he's just getting straight blow buys, those rotations are on the fly. You don't see those every day in shell. You don't see those every day on film, and he's just dicing them up still without knowing where they're really going to go. So with Sharif as a scorer, yes, like I think there's definitely needs to be some improvements to be made, like especially with a pull-up. But I think he's just one of those figure-it-out guys, if that makes sense. And I feel like you kind of have to trust him a little bit. One question I will pose to you guys, though, is do you think there's any low-hanging fruit with his development as a pull-up shooter, given the touch and the current mechanics? I mean, the upper body is really weird mm-hmm. on that shot. And and I, that's why it's so slow is that there's so much going on there with like pulling his his back back. And then uh, I, it's it's really weird. Um, I, I don't really know. Uh, I don't know how easy of a fix any of that is. Um, I generally have kind of trusted him enough as a shooter, mm-hmm. I think, because he could be because he he's just a guy who I think has been a shot maker and has that level of touch. Uh, yeah, and the volume's been there. Yeah, and and like kind of surprisingly, the volume has been there. That yeah, he did get up seven attempts in this game, mm-hmm. um, even though he has this really odd and slow shot. He did actually get them off, and he like is not bothered by contests. No. Like, like he, he had multiple attempts no. in this game where he's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna launch." Uh, no, his confidence is is sky high. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm curious what happens with Sharif actually if he just starts deciding like, okay, if I need some time and space to get this off, 
like I'm just gonna pull up from the logo because as we saw in that in that and that practice, uh, practice clip, video, practice that, clip yeah. <laughs> circulated like he is willing to do that and like seems to have the lower body and core strength. Yeah, I was gonna say he has like, the mechanics for it. Absolutely, I think. Yeah, so like even though he has these weird, like elongated mechanics that he seems to have the lower body and core strength to to like maintain those exact mechanics out as deep as he wants. So I wonder if he just starts pulling from like crazy, crazy deep. And if, if Sharif Cooper is getting like drag screens from 40 and starts pulling up, I'm not really sure what you're going to do. Yeah. this I mean, it's, it's kind of tangential, but relates to like a lot of my overall skepticism about Sharif is, well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of signs for him as uh, you know, a, a good pull-up shooter. Like, I mean, like like Max said, the the touch has always been there. The volume is always enough, and if the range is 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 real, then that's that's scary. And and as an intermediate, um, and, and as a scorer, um, with this kind of weird, um, you know, unique scoring diversity and touch and those indicators. But I mean, a lot of my skepticism has always come to like being being a lead guard offensive engine at his size like the margin for error is really really small and you have to be a really really good pull-up shooter and a really really you know i guess good enough score to to make it work and i think obviously sharif being a much better potentially being much better passer than i accounted for initially changes that a little bit but he's still i think to to really be like a, a high high level prospect um, I, I want to see more from him as, as, as a shot maker and and as a, and as a scorer in general because just being that small. Um, we'll talk about his defense because he's going to bleed value on defense even if he he wasn't atrocious, which was like atrocious. atrocious That's a major was, win. I'm going to talk about how to see, a major win. Which was good to see. But even if he's like like even if he's not horrible, like he's still going to bleed a lot of value, especially in the playoffs, just considering his size. So I'm still I still have my reservations about that. Um, because I do think he has to be a pretty dang good shooter, but I, I mean, I wouldn't discount him from, from reaching that at some point. Yeah. So my sort of pitch on the Sharif shooting and look, I'm no shot doctor. Like I'm not even really sure if I'm qualified to say this, but in my experience watching basketball, <laughs> like Sharif and all the years that I've watched him, he has never been anyone that's got, he's never been the guy that is getting a ton of lift on his jumpers, which is really contrary to a lot of these short gunners. When you think about it, like Carson Edwards, we, we were all, everyone was raving about how he gets so much lift and has this high release point, which gave him all this versatility. And I feel like a lot of these short gunners, like Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas yeah. Dame gets a ton of elevation on his jumper and that they use that in terms of like energy transformation and it makes them like better pull-up shooters because you're able to rise up and flow throughout like your entire body starting with the lift sharif is really interesting because he like basically doesn't jump on these jumpers and never has he is always like i remember i was watching the first the first time we ever saw him i was with my dad and my dad was like why is he shooting like he like just rolled out of bed and i was like that's just like kind of how he's always shoots i don't know and it's never really been a big concern for me, but my pitch would be this. Like, so what I thought is that since he doesn't get a ton of lower body, and you guys can tell me this doesn't make sense at all. If he so he's not getting a ton of lower body lift, and he's a smaller guard who isn't very strong at the moment, I view this like head head tilt back, shoulders rearing all the way back, like that motion as compensation to get any kind of power towards the rim, because he does have some range. And 
the, the, the power has to come from somewhere. It's not coming from the legs. He's not a naturally strong dude who can kind of just fling it up there. It has to come from somewhere. And I think that's what that upper body motion is coming from. Now, the fix and how you get rid of that, I'm not sure. That's up to whoever player, like whichever player development staff drafts him. However, what I will say is if there is added strength, especially maybe in the lower body, and you can kind of reconstruct where the energy comes from and get him to have a little bit more lift, which would make the whole kind of shot more fluid. And then you can kind of rely on that touch and the comfort. I don't know how you guys feel about like live dribble passing in correlation to pull-up shooting. I, I don't know if it's direct, but I think they kind of mean something. Um, so when you kind of think about all these things that he has going for him, I don't think it's out. I don't think it's irrational to think that he can become like a pretty good pull-up shooter. I think Max and we were talking before, like I think that's the ultimate skill that's going to take him over the top and make him like this star prospect. And I don't know if we're going to see it. I don't think we're going to see it at Auburn, but I mean, what do you guys think of that? Is that any kind of realistic? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, honestly. Because when, when I think of, like, upper body compensation, it looks more like LaMelo. I think, like, that's very obvious, right? Yeah, like, with, like, an his entire stuff. Yeah, that, like, everything going on with that LaMelo shot was a function of being too weak and developing bad uh, muscle memory bad while habits. shooting too yeah, and bad habits while shooting from too far away while too weak. Um, with Sharif, I don't know. Yeah, I'm very much not a shot doctor either. Um, I know, and I just made myself like I am. Um, I just <laughs> I just had that thought when I was watching, and I paused it to see where his release point was, and it's, like, very weird and ortho- unorthodox. Like, I have a it's screen. It's really track. odd. It's re- I've, I don't know if I've ever, like, seen that before. It's, like, his lower – everything is straight, and he's his upper body will, like – tilt back like he's almost like in a recliner just like i mean because it's like at the it's like at the same height as maxi mm-hmm. but like back yes instead, yeah instead, instead of forward and forward. maxi is yeah. maxi the thing with maxi is maxi was very out he, he was very yeah maxi was very it was out. very, right. it was very uh, and that, that's why maxi in those ey like those eybl reps of maxi coming around a pick and roll stepping right into a pull-up three with like forward momentum everything carrying towards the rim like those were extremely pretty because that coming like gunning with all that forward momentum and pushing the ball out was like beneficial to maxi i don't even know what is beneficial to these like sharif mechanics like maybe a step back where he creates space and like you said has time and space I, I don't what know. it is it's it's when he's just like standing yeah, there right yeah and just shoots over someone that's that's yeah. what it seems to be conducive to. yeah it's when you can compensate for i mean his lack of height with the the lean back and and just, yeah like, kind of like you know ignore contests as he does yeah i mean just again like my thing is like um i i like to what level can he get because mm-hmm. i do think that's that's really important for his status as like a real star no but I, I, I do wonder though like if if people are going under on sharif and and if he's really just like kind of willing to shoot from anywhere, like if that's all the time that he needs then to get it off, that like it might be good enough. I don't know. I like we'll see. I yeah. I'm I'm skeptical of that. I don't really believe that. But um, I, I yeah. I don't. I I definitely don't think he's a lost cause as a shooter. I, yeah. No, that's what I was gonna say. I don't think he's a lost cause. And. This this was my thing with Lamelo last year, and Lamelo has been much better as a shooter early on than I expected. I'm, I'm assuming that's going to regress at some point, but 
the volume's consistent with Lamelo. He he's shooting them a ton. He's drawing out defenses. All we're all these seeing we're seeing all these assists where guys are doubling him at the three point line. And there were people in the draft for the draft saying Lamelo was a non shooter. Well, how many non shooters get doubled at the three point line eight games into their NBA career? Not a lot, um, because it's the volume and it's the pull up gravity. And I think there's this case for Sharif. Um, we're talking about him and Trey as these similar Wizards, smaller guards. And I th- said, just me personally, like what made it, e- what would made it make it easier for me to sleep at night with having Trey that high is knowing that he has this pull-up gravity and this in- absurd range and crazy touch with these one-motion mechanics to fall back on. A- and everything was kind of derived through that. Now, him and he's very different from Sharif and how they get in like into the defense and. I think the passing may be a little bit similar and definitely closer than I expected, but it was definitely easier for a small guard to have the cell of Trey where you're going to stretch the defense. You're going to make them check you from 30 feet and then everything goes from there with Sharif. It's more out like inside out, which is tougher for a, a six foot guard who's limited in the strength department, but we'll see. I, I, I'm, I was very impressed and I think I'm going to be, con- I'm going to continue to be very impressed. Max, yeah, I think, talk, like, no, go. I, I was just gonna say that I, I think that like I'll remain pretty confident in him if the interior or like the inside like fifteen feet scoring is there. Like if he's just if he just like looks awesome on floaters and sort of all sorts of weird push shots, which I do trust that he can yeah look awesome on because he's because he does have really, really good touch and, and is so creative. And I think that like that creativity definitely shines through on on the finishing. That like, you know, he's he is breaking out like the the Jordan changing hands in air like in high school games. The guy the guy is insane. Um, I I do think yeah that there is a really a creativity and and a a willingness to adapt that I, I, that I think some 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 big time prospects in this class notably don't have. Um, that could enable Sharif to. For it to all work if he can if he can score 15 feet in it because he because he's not a non-shooter right like he's he's not a non-shooter and if you consider like if you consider John Morant that like this whole concept of advantage creation whenever he wants and then really 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 high level passing you know I, I think that 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 that's kind of a framework that Sharif holds up to right that it's you have to create advantages you have to be able to capitalize on those advantages and you have to be able to to actually threaten to to be able to score on those advantages yourself so that you can manipulate the defense. Um, I think that there's a real chance that Sharif satisfies those completely, especially if the, if the, if the 15 feet and in scoring works with the push push shots and he keeps, um, he keeps, you know, getting fouled a lot. It doesn't have to be to the extent of that game, but keeps getting fouled a lot. And I think that the finishing will be high volume and pretty effective. Um, I, I think that the whole thing makes a lot of sense offensively. Um, and I, I'm pretty excited about what we saw. Uh, you know, he, he was the guy I was, I was most excited to see. And, and I think that it was pretty clear why. Uh, he's, he's, he is a, a really, really fun player. Yeah, certainly, um, despite my skepticisms, he is incredibly fun. No doubt there. Max, you wanted to talk about his defense? Yeah, let's talk about the defense. As I kind of alluded to earlier, um, it was not as bad as I think we expected. Yeah, it wasn't. So, like, when we talked about him in the summer or preseason, whenever it was, I don't remember, 
multiple yeah, times probably time, time doesn't exist anymore <laughs> um we we were like it's that bad it, it's the defense is that bad just a, a another level of of apathy and the fact that he's that small and weak um you know for a guy who is a, a really smart player uh just never put in the effort to get anything out of that um you know, I think a lot of a lot of similarities to Trey Young. Um, in this first game, he was not good, but he tried on multiple possessions, which was a, like really sh- like stunning to me. And he had, I think, multiple possessions where he had pretty solid instincts and came up with a steal, or like active hands and came up with a steal or a deflection. And just like having a couple of those possessions in there goes a long way. To the, to the point that if, like, after this season, we're looking at Sharif and thinking that he's going to be a terrible defensive player, like a really, really significant negative, but clearly not headed toward being one of the absolute worst defenders in the league, that's a huge deal to me. Yeah. Because then to be, you know, a star-level player, the offensive contribution, you know, has to be exceptional but it doesn't have to be, you know, like an all-time great offensive player to be a, a genuine star. Uh, so I think that that's a big deal. If he if he's just like normal bad on defense instead of absolute league worst, and I have some more hope for that than I definitely was expecting to have. Like just having multiple possessions with effort, where when he tried to slide, like he moved yeah. really well laterally. So having a, like just mixing in a few possessions where you like stop a drive, have a deflection. A, a steal for for a run out and a dunk, and then all of a sudden, like you're maybe a survivable defender, and I think that's a very big deal for a guy who who might be a special offensive player. Yeah, I mean, I think survivable is like the big word there. Um, he did have two steals in the Alabama game. One, he kind of was his he was just jumping jumping the passing lane. His his man was filling up, jumped the passing lane, took it for a dunk actually. Yeah, Sharif had a Yeah, dunk, he dunked. I was, was, I was so excited about that. Which was, I, Isaac Okora had a tweet, like, no way, Reef just dunked. Like, I, I was surprised when I saw that live. Um, Even more surprised when I did on the rewatch. And then he had another steal. It was kind of funny, the second steal, because it was, like, a little bit of everything. Um, He w- was supposed to cut off uh, the sideline on, I, f- I forgot who was dribbling up the court, just didn't really want to be bothered to cut off the sideline. So the Alabama player kind of just blew right past him. And then he got some help from the corner. And instead of just like lagging behind the play, he actually peeled off at the perfect time and picked off the kick out out of nowhere, which was a good play, good recovery. Um, I know, I think you guys both watch games on mute. I know a lot of people watch games on mute. Uh, Sometimes I like to torture myself with the play by play people. I don't know why. I just like needed to focus sometimes. And today was one of those days. Um, it's, it's really <laughs> concerning. Why did you have it? Yeah. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Dokic was not pleased with Sharif Cooper's defense. I can tell you guys that if you missed out on that broadcast. Um, Dan Dokic clearly has never watched McEachern basketball, so he doesn't know what the norm was. He didn't know what I was expecting coming into this game. Um, I was and, and, and like <laughs> emphasize this properly, Jake, because I don't think it can be emphasized enough. Like what the norm was and yeah. what it our wasn't like. Like it, um, we're not even talking about like a six foot guard being bad and just pushed around. Like it was like I. I why am I even playing this end of the floor? It was like, coach, why can't you just sub me out offense, defense, every single possession? Like he had zero interest, and I mean, whatever. I'm not. I'm not like gonna not gonna count on that. Neither here nor there. Um, and I think you definitely saw some of those flashes of him just like 
not boxing out, like not not finishing plays, not okay, I'm not going to slide on this one. However, there were a couple possessions where he actually decided like I'm going to strap up, slid with his defender, drew a charge one time, sliding, got in front, forced the defender to drop his shoulder. Um did a good job of like funneling into the help. He's never going to be someone who's going to come from behind for a block. It just needs to be hold your ground to a salvageable extent and let the help take over. And that's the word. It's survivable. It's can you compensate and make up for what you're going to bleed on defense for on offense. And in my um, playoff pillars, like philosophy article that I wrote a couple months back, I wrote a section on how point of attack defense to me when I was watching the playoffs, like, you can't be an absolute disaster because teams get so, so deep in the weeds of picking out these matchups. They'll often in the playoffs, we'll see teams spend the first 15 seconds of the shot clock just trying to get the one matchup they like. And if you getting matched up, if they're always going to be hunting you and you're just going to get absolutely torched every single play, like it makes things a lot harder for your team when it matters most. So if Sharif, instead of like, if I can have somewhat confidence in him holding his own in the playoffs as a point of attack defender, no, he is not going to be good. And it's not going to be ideal if you just switch all your ball screens and let him end up on some wing type. Yeah, you're going to get burned. But if it's like, like Max said, it's just like regular small guard bad instead of absolute dead last in every impact metric and the eye test bad and dying on every ball screen and doing all that. Like then I think we run into some real problems, but he definitely did some things. Yeah. And and like, to be very clear, no matter what Sharif Cooper is going to be someone who in a playoff series will be targeted mercilessly. However, even showing the capability to on some possessions, slide and cut off a drive or funnel a guy into help was a step forward. Like I don't like demonstrating that he had that capability was a step forward, which should speak to how low the baseline was, but also is encouraging, especially for a guy who I think pretty visibly was gassed playing a, with a crazy offensive load in his first competitive basketball game in like a year. Um, So I, I like, I don't have high expectations for Sharif Cooper as a defender. This is not to be interpreted as saying that he's a good defensive prospect or that he was good defensively in that Alabama game because he was not. No. But the the baseline being so low, I, I was pleasantly surprised that there was any effort, that there were any positive elements to it. And I think that that definitely creates the 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 opportunity for him to be a good enough defender given what, what he, he, I do really think could be on offense. Yeah. I'm still pretty skeptical of his defense, especially in the playoffs. I think along with like the effort and awareness stuff that we were, you know, that was kind of better than expected. I do think I do. I would like to see some like physical improvement there. I mean, hoping to see some sort of physical improvement there as you know, he's, he's always going to be a small guard, but he, he, he is pretty weak at this point. Um, so I think, like we talked about with the jumper and, and the slashing, I think adding some core stability and then lower body strength is kind of huge for surviving at the point of attack. Um, I mean, against anybody who tries to, to tries to take him on in the playoffs, especially. And not just at the point of attack. Also, you know, can he be someone who is at all impactful on rotations? As, even if he's aware and gets there, um, players are just going to finish through him. Um, like, is he going to get destroyed by, by every off-ball screen? Um, I, so I just think like, like in the, like, I, I'm yes. really worried. Um, like, I, I don't know. I think 
in the regular season, I don't think it. I, I think it could be passable, but I'm. I still. I, I still want to see more before I really will believe that it's not going to be a disaster in the playoffs. And that's again where a lot of another the other prong of where a lot of my relative serious skepticism comes from. Um, but yeah, I mean, him being not atrocious like was nice to see. That's no, there's no doubt there. Yeah, I, I think that it's probably time to move on to the larger discussion here. Of, I think, you know, not drawing huge conclusions from from the first Sharif game, but just clearly, I think that there was something there with like like you know, Caleb Love has had however many games to do this and has done nothing like this. Uh, I mean. Suggs has had better performances than this, but but nothing that's looked like this. And I don't think there's anyone in this class who could do this yeah. uh, in a single game. Like, I, I don't think that, it, you know, like, if you had some sort of technology that replaced Sharif's body with someone else's in the video, like, I don't think you would believe that any other player in this class could have this performance. Um, and I think that that, that matters, because I, I think that was something you could see in high school. And I just think that that it's a demonstration of the standard that a guard needs to be held to if you're pitching them as some sort of like actual lead guard prospect. Mm -hmm. So not like I wouldn't say that this applies to like DJ Stewart if you're unless you're pitching DJ Stewart as like a serious lead guard, because I think he's always kind of been this combo guy who, you know, can do a little bit on the ball, but has a has a nice developed and diverse off ball game. There, to it to the point that you're like you're not considering him as as like a prototypical guard. yeah initiator guard size initiator whatever you want to call it but I think this very much applies to Caleb Love if you're evaluating him in that in that way which I think a lot of people did um, you know Cole Anthony last year Nico Mannion last year uh, I mean you could even say Maxi but I think that that I evaluated him more in the the combo oh, yeah. framework and and that's kind of why I liked him and I think the same is true for Ben. Um but I think there's something very valuable to be learned here. They there there's Sharif Cooper in high school looks very distinct from Caleb Love in high school. Where Sharif is winning constantly and with ease and diversity and getting himself great shots and getting his teammates great shots. That's not what it looks like with Caleb Love. Caleb Love, even if there are aesthetically pleasing and impressive elements to what Caleb Love is doing on the ball, it doesn't look like that. So, Jake, I mean, you were you were big on Caleb Love. Like, what what do you think you've learned early from from this? And and like, what are you taking away to apply to to high school evaluations in particular? But I mean, the same can be said for the college no, yeah, to NBA. I agree. Um. Well, yeah, what a great introduction on my first episode as the co-host. I was the Caleb Love guy. Oh, I've, I, I was the... I've spent however many of the first episodes of, of the 2021 season, literally every episode becoming more and more <laughs> upset about what BJ Boston is doing. <laughs> Listen, I, you play with high school film, you're going to get burned. Um, but yeah, I was very... Yeah. I was very it's part of the process, really. I was very into Caleb Love, and it was... Look, I think I've my philosophy has changed a lot since then. I like to think I've gotten a little bit smarter, but the thing with Caleb Love that I was so infatuated with was like this shot creation and the space creation. And what I failed to realize is that he had to take those. He didn't want to take those. He had to take those. And there's a very, very big distinction. I mean, the easiest way to tell that is, are, are you scoring anyway? Like how else are you getting your buckets? And while Caleb Love played in a good high school conference, um, 
uh, like the St. Louis Catholic League over there is a bunch of pretty good schools, but it, it wasn't like he still shouldn't have been prevented from getting to the rim. And I I had the concerns with him. I had the passing concerns. I had the finishing concerns. But what I failed to do is I failed to like holistically evaluate all those and say, are these all connected? If so, why? And the truth is they are connected. And the reason is because he can never generate these advantages and he's never getting into the pain collapsing a defense to make a kickout pass and to make an easy read he's never getting all the way to the rim to finish which then can result in a wraparound drop-off pass and the reason why his passing was super elementary is because he was basically operating completely beyond the three-point line and in this in-between area where he had to get off multiple dribble combos to even get a look And while that's very impressive, and I absolutely got carried away with the shot making and the space creation and the quick trigger, which are all very impressive and look like Caleb Love is not even the guy that anyone thought he is. Like if you were Caleb Love skeptic, like he's still being, he's still probably playing worse than you thought. You thought at least he would shoot the ball at a high level and do it a little bit of everything else he's not even shooting the ball so right off the bat your entire appeal is pretty much gone however that's not an excuse for like the misevaluation that i took in the pre-college film which that it needs to be easy there is no level of high school basketball where it's an excuse for not looking easy as a lead guard and um For Caleb Love, it certainly was not easy. For Sharif, it was absolutely easy. And that's not to say that Sharif didn't need a couple dribble combos here and there, but he was blowing by dudes cleanly, getting to the rim, finishing even at six feet. And and there's a very big difference. Like people think, oh, if you need a lot of dribble combos, like it's not easy. Like there's a very big difference between sizing up your defender three different times and using four different moves in three different directions or hitting them with like a between the legs behind the back or between the legs cross. Like that's, that is so easy. If you're hitting your defender with two, a two dribble combo and blowing right by him, that's what I'm looking for. And I think Sharif really epitomized that as in the pre-college film. Um, I, today I watched in preparation for this, I watched a sunrise Christian game and Kennedy Chandler did a little bit of that. It, it was less with the handle because Sharif's handle is also genuinely special. So it's on top of the burst. It's the handle, the ability to knife into the defense and just carve them up um, with Kennedy Chandler. I, it's granted it was one game and I hadn't watched him in pretty much a year and it was less about the handle, but there was one clip like they like half picked him up at half court and he just blow by straight line speed lob to Kendall Brown who was sitting in the dunker spot and like that's what it's supposed to look like it's supposed to look that easy it's supposed to look like you could do it every single time you want because that's the that's the standard that you need to hit in high school to make it even worthwhile at the next level so um Caleb Love was definitely a miss for me but I think I'll look back on it and think it was and it was one of my I learned them I'll say I learned some of I learned the most from Caleb Love I'll say that Another way to think about it that I think you kind of got to a little bit there and you, I think, wrote about it in one of your recent pieces, uh, I think regarding Jared Butler, was just like efficiency of movement mm-hmm. and being um, efficient with your dribbles. That's definitely something Sharif, Sharif Cooper exemplifies. Um, in, in, he, he doesn't really waste movement and everything is purposeful. Um, and I think as kind of someone who was in the middle on Caleb Love, um, definitely in, in the middle of you two. I yeah. think generally in the middle. I think you're of probably the, in the middle of like definitely. I, probably in the middle of the consensus yeah. as someone who didn't see like the, the high end upside, but obviously was you know believed in it more than Max. I mean, I, I do think if he didn't totally fall off a cliff as a shooter, like 
that plus his, his defense would have been worth something. But yeah, I mean, it's just clear that I um, miss one, I think just misevaluated the extent to which um, his burst was actually that detrimental. Yeah. Um, cause you know, it's just, as, as we've seen at, at UNC, he just can't create any sort of advantages. And even when he is able to, you know, get, get some slight separation with his handle, he's either bummed off his spot or, or has zero explosion to, to knife in, in and out of holes. And then just another reminder to kind of evaluate prospects as a whole and think about context and how their skills and, and traits work in conjunction with each other. I mean, it, it's so much more than like just listing a prospect's strengths and weaknesses it's really synthesizing how a prospect's abilities uh, or lack thereof um, work with each other to to create uh, you know a viable basketball player in the role and context that they're being projected in so uh yeah i mean caleb love was i think a miss i mean technically like uh, you know max max can take his victory laps but um te- <laughs> technically a miss for all of us given he's given for sure a miss for me because i didn't think that he was yeah. going to lose the ability to shoot but a that's not something no, that i think yeah. was reasonable to predict like yeah that wasn't reasonable i mean to predict. all i will like what i'll say like one yeah i did write about that with jared butler and just about how i feel like i think jared butler probably well now sharif entered the argument but this was before sharif had even played a game i wrote that i thought jared butler had the best handle in the class um i thought he had the second best handle at last year's class behind only Lamelo, if he would have declared and what i love about him is that like despite having this ability and we see him every once in a while draw these bigs or draw even a guard out on an island and just like put them to work with these combos that are incredibly smooth and efficient but like nothing is wasted absolutely nothing is wasted whether it's just a simple in and out or a quick wrap around like it and but that's why i think he's so good attacking drop coverage is he's so effective with these simple quick hitter moves and and they're very he's like the best at in the class that i've seen i just like oh i see a big backpedaling i'm in him with the disgusting in and out and like get to my right hand like his 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 handle against drop bigs is, is cruel like straight cruel and what i think about like sharif does that a lot where it's people will undersell his handle because he's not sizing you up and putting on an nba street move like trying to get a game breaker instead it's Oh, your top side's out. Your top foot is playing top side here. I'm going to lure you here for a second and then snatch your life away with this quick cross, and I'm in the paint. Like, yes, it's just one cross. Yeah, in that way, it's like very jumper. Yes, very. It's like, like it, it's like he's really gifted at um at picking out like defensive positioning and exploiting those 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 missteps. No, hundred percent. And and with back to Caleb Love and like where you miss, it, it's just. It's got to be easy. It ha- you have to be getting in the paint. The, the paint touches have to be there. Uh, I mean, I'll never forget watching the first North Carolina game against Charleston and just being like, "Oh, this, oh, oh this is bad." Like this, that was a rough one. And then I yeah. was like, "Oh, maybe there's still hope." And then I will never forget watching the North Carolina Stanford game and watching him just like get bottled up by Zaire. I love Zaire. Like Zaire is very good and. Or, well, I think he's I think he's good. Um, his numbers. I'd say he has some good. very very good. Zaire, <laughs> Zaire, um, is a good. He's large and moves well. If you don't have access to Synergy or Sports Reference, Zaire Williams is a good prospect. Um, and I will never forget him just locking up Caleb Love like on the perimeter. I'm just like, you need to look in the mirror, dude. Like this is bad. <laughs> I will never forget that. So I if if I learn something from this cycle, it's. Uh, if a high school guard can't get paint touches on command, it's pro- he's probably not the one. That said, you know, 
it is every, every evaluation is is unique mm-hmm. um i don't because jalen suggs i don't really think could get paint touches on command and that was uh, that was the thing that that i think ben and i both got a little hung up on uh after initially liking him so much uh pre-college was that yeah, we've done quite it, the quite the quite the roller coaster with jalen suggs i mean yeah, I mean, you 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 did a, a 180, and I've done a, I guess, a 360 on this. Um, but but so Suggs, I don't think it always looked that easy for him. Like we we talked so much about how he couldn't get easy rim attempts, how the average level of difficulty was not low, um, how the passing windows were not necessarily crazy. Um, now the passing windows, I think, are a little bit better, although there was some concerning stuff in one of those Northwest state games um, where, where the passing windows weren't there and he like could not manipulate them to get open uh, and couldn't really threaten to score. And I think the handle was, was becoming an issue and that pop that pops up with him occasionally. But I do think that he's, you know, you kind of move beyond that because he's just a different style of player that like he's, he's succeeding in a different way. And, and there is some, some stuff that you saw with Suggs, like, some of the pull-up shooting displays in high school from him were really nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that is important to who he is as a prospect. But it's, it's, it's important not to get, I think, too caught up in the idea that, like, someone has to look like Sharif Cooper right. in high school to be a good prospect at, that, at like, you know, 6'3 or shorter. Like, you, don't, you don't have to be doing that every single time. But I think it has to look a bit more diverse and a bit, it has to look at the very least, I think, more special. And there has to be some stuff that's easy and consistent in a way that I don't think it was for love. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's you know there there are, there are never perfect rules for any of these things. But but something like like PD's heuristic that we've talked about with with him on here uh, is is a really important tool just to check yourself when. You know, there are, there were moments certainly from Caleb Love in, in high school where it looked really incredible. Um, but you know, break down what it actually means. It was, that, you know, he's he's like as it was just so difficult. Like when it was yeah. special, it, it was so difficult and it was tough shot making. And I think this is can kind of be attributed to the BJ Boston when BJ Boston special. Exactly. BJ Boston's special was difficult shots. And when those difficult shots aren't falling, what do you have to fall back on? And this is what I would say. Like, I was also a little bit too low on Suggs. Like, yes, I know my preseason board was horrible. Like, I'll try to be better next year. But Suggs, what I've really underestimated is, one, I think he's definitely a much better athlete than um, Caleb Love is. I think Suggs is actually, I just wrote about him, did a lot of thinking on him. I think he's a a very, I'm going to say a very good guard athlete when the handle and the ball control doesn't hinder him. Um, he's very selective. Like he always wants to finish off two, which drives me up the wall. And hopefully someone can fix that. But I think Suggs is a good athlete. And also Suggs is one of the smartest. I think he's a good player. Like horizontal athlete to be to that. I still have a lot of questions about his vertical athleticism, but no, and that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, he's, a good, he's a good space leaper, like like off two, and like like Jake said, like he just has no versatility as a leaper. That it's all it's always off two, and and when he um, is going off two, like it's like 
it's just not advantageous at all when you're driving down with the head of steam and all your momentum is running with this like one, two strides. Usually you just want to rise right up off one foot and carry all your momentum towards the rim. And this is something I wrote about. Not only when Suggs, not only does he slow down and give defenders an opportunity to catch up when he consistently loads off two, like I'm fine with playing off of two when you're like Jaden Springer playing off of two. Like you're using it to get to a spot and elevate and utilize this unique angle that no one else is assuming. When you have a straight line drive and the defender's on your hip, there's absolutely no reason to go off of two, especially when you are 6'4", 6'5", which I think Suggs has good size and is like a true combo sized guard. Yeah, or, or worse yet, if you need to, you know, quickly jump off one and and get the ball up on glass and you can't right. because you have to load and jump off of two and you, you know, you, you just can't get off the ground. With that yep. Speed. And there was one clip I, I remember very distinctly. I had it in my piece. Um, he tore, he, he actually created separation coming off the ball screen, hit the defender who popped out with like a nice crossover. I think it was got downhill completely had the angle. And instead of just going like off of one exploding towards rim, getting it off the glass. And I forgot it was either Watson, Timmy, one of the bigs had sealed Jay Huff off of like game, a little seal, not a full tight seal, but just a little hip to kind of keep him away. And instead of just rising up and getting the ball up on the glass, Suggs had this two foot load and, and like barely exploded and killed all his momentum. And it literally gave Huff time to swim off of the seal, like a defensive end and swat the shot. And it was just really, it's, kind of epitomized how non-functional this like two foot leaping ability is in the paint but i do think suggs is still a good guard athlete and what we're like the point i was going back to like suggs is really 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 smart like in just an insanely smart basketball player and that allows him to do so many things on the court where his the ball control might hinder him like he doesn't need to like do these crazy manipulation like hang dribble moves or combos to shift the defense because he's literally so good at staring down the right guy and putting him and forcing him to move in the right way and like showing the ball like he everyone knows he's a former quarterback that's literally everyone knows that and his ways of manipulating the defense are very similar to that of a quarterback like when a quarterback just think about it like the tag defender is the safety i think about this all the time the safety is choosing between these two guys you have two guys let's say the tight end running a seam and like up the middle and you have your wide receiver going down the sideline. Like you need to get that safety to pick between one guy. And the way quarterbacks do that is they show the ball and like wherever that ball is showing the safety is going to follow that ball. And quarterbacks are taught to do that. Suggs does that all the time. Like he'll show the ball one way and come back the other way. Um, You'll see him get bit on these like angle, like the passing angles, like you talked about. But I, I think like you said, Max, no evaluation is concrete. And I do think if they don't hit that initial box, if they don't check that initial box, like you're getting into the paint and it's easy, you need to kind of look at the deeper nuances and see what is there. And I think if we would have done that, we would have seen that Suggs is a really damn good processor and like potential special processor for a guard. And there really isn't much substance and layers there with Caleb Love. And that's where I wish I would have seen that. Yeah, and and I mean you met you mentioned BJ Boston briefly, and I think that it's relevant for him too, even though he's not a small guard. But I know this is something that that um that our friend Jackson Frank definitely said a couple times. Like there there was some concern that he had to work so hard to get to the rim, and he was getting there, I think, enough. But you know there there's a lot of reliance on on high level dribble moves that he, that he had, but like 
It's a lot of effort to be putting in. And there that means that there's no low-hanging fruit. And so what if those dribble combinations aren't working as the athletes get better, as they get more physical, certainly in BJ's case? Uh, and that, like, you know, the, the baseline of burst just wasn't there. And I think that that's totally borne out, that that baseline of burst isn't there, that he had to work too hard to create advantages, and that he just can't do it as consi- or consistently enough at, at a higher level. Um, and I think that that's relevant to a lot of guys. You know, if you see Cole Anthony in high school, and you're you're thinking in the half court when he doesn't have have a bit of uh, momentum behind him that the burst is just okay for a small guard. That means it's a huge problem. Like if it's if it's just okay at, at the high school level, it's a huge problem. Um, and and uh, I think that's just something to be to be aware of that like to trends i i i think that the high school to college jump is just so so big um or i mean even the the you know the the aau to to college jump is is so huge um that the the standard just has to be incredibly high um you you just like especially if you're if you're putting creation expectations on these guys like i don't think that when we watch we, we all loved Moses Moody coming to the year. I don't think when we watched Moses Moody at Montverde or, or with Bradville elite, uh, I don't think any of us were thinking that this is some like big time creator prospect. And, and he, I don't think has like the burst to be winning like crazy or the handle to be winning like crazy, but that's not what you're, ex- it's not what you're expecting from him. Like he's, he is accumulating his value otherwise. Um, and I think to an extent that Suggs does too. Like, I think that that's kind of why he, he, in, to some degree gets evaluated in a different way. Cause I do think he's a bit of a unique player, but like even someone like Cade uh, where his burst, I think looked good. Um, I pre-college, I think now it looks okay. It looks sometimes problematic, generally good enough, but, but certainly not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's just important to remember with all these guys that like it, the, the jump up in difficulty is really significant and that the level of standout that you need to be at these lower levels is incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, and but Kate does check that nuance, like all those boxes oh, yeah, that you're yeah. looking no, that's, for. That's and I mean, that's obvious, but it, it's still if you're going to evaluate every prospect through the same lens, like Cade passes those with flying colors, and I, I think Suggs does too. And that's why for me, like, I think I'm probably i don't know where max is i think max has come back around on Suggs. but like i know i'm definitely higher than ben on Suggs, and the reason for that is like i just don't want to underestimate this potential special skill which is jalen Suggs just knowing everything that's going on on the court at all i mean i'm i'm between i think i'm between the two of you where i mean ben, ben's not actually that low at Suggs, but uh it's just stop, it. stop killing my stop killing the agenda stop killing the agenda max Honestly. Um, but I think I'm probably a little lower than Suggs on yeah. Jake and probably a little bit higher than Ben. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that Suggs is a really, really good prospect. I think that there's there are very irresponsible takes about him out there that are far more irresponsible than, than Ben's in the opposite yeah. direction. Um, oh, yeah. I reserve, meanwhile, oh, yeah. I reserve my irresponsible takes exclusively for Evan Mobley. And I guess Sharif Cooper is too. I, I do I do irresponsible. Speaking of irresponsible takes relative to Sharif Cooper, I meant to ask you this. No. Yeah. Don't put me on yeah, the spot. Yeah, on the spot. How high? See, I was going to do this if you oh, didn't Oh, yeah. Do no, it, I'm doing so it. How I'm high? Well, okay. So I came into the year with him like 12th. Okay. So I, I think I had him like 17th like, or something. 
I had a, he was oh, right outside funny. the lotto for me. Yeah, I came into the year with him like 12th, and that's ba- – I mean, I still have the same So what's the ceiling? What's the ceiling number? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's come not, on, man. Oh, he's not going to get up to two. I, I'll say that. He's, there's no, he's not going to – he's never going to be higher than Evan Mobley. Okay. All right. Can infer what that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to give anyone quotes, but we are. I'm all. I'm all for that take. Jake, what's the, what's the ceiling for you? I mean, actually, Ben, what's the ceiling for you on Sharif? Yeah, um, I'm still kind of TBD. I, I'm. I probably wouldn't have him in my lottery at this point. Um, but, but what's the ceiling? What like? Yeah, well, I can see him getting into that like probably like back end top ten for me. I think. Yeah, I get for me, but... for me, there's like a clear ceiling and like a chair with his name on it at number four. Like, there, there yeah, just I, is. I, I, can, I can see him. I could see him getting the top five. Like, I could see it. I like. There is no chance he would get into the top two for me. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. And I'm not very, possible. I'm very anti him cracking my top three. Like, I feel that strongly about Suggs. But like, I, these dudes matter. Like, these type of guys matter. Someone that can be a full-stop offensive engine. I talked about this. Like, yes, I'm very against the idea that there are these on- and off-ball players. But at the end of the day, you need someone to move the defense and bend everything and get guys moving and create these unbalanced defense, like opportunities for people to capitalize on. And, like, if Sharif is going to be doing this this easily right now, it, that means something, and that that like it has the potential to be special. And this has been a very underwhelming class from four to ten. I feel like I have my top three, and then I feel like everyone else belongs in the ten to twenty range. And I can't, I don't feel comfortable having anyone's name next to four or five or six, even. Like, I mean, there's a grouping of guys, and I'm kind of just waiting for someone to separate themselves. And Sharif came in there and balled out on his debut. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be there. I'm not penciling him in. But all I'm saying is if he can continue what he did, like, that's a guy I'm going to be very much in on. Yeah. Like, what I'll say is I don't see how with the available evidence anyone could rule out Sharif being a genuinely special offensive prospect. And if that's the case, like, there's a certain level that he can achieve. Like, Trey Young was never going to be, you know, ahead of Luka Doncic on reasonable boards. And, I mean, you know, depending on how you how you felt about someone like Jaron, he probably wasn't going to be ahead of him. But, like, at a certain point when you're a genuinely very, very, very special, transcendent offensive talent, um, you can climb to a certain level. And I know that Sharif has, like, really really severe limitations on the defensive end. And I, th- I think like, to be very clear, I think that the, the, where the shooting is at is going to hinder him from really hitting that ceiling. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't, I don't see how with the available evidence you could rule out Sharif Cooper being like a genuinely special offensive player. Uh, Cause that's kind of what, I, what I thought the potential was it was in pre-college and, and in that first college game. I mean, that was, that was, that was special on offense. Um, the shots that he was generating every single possession for his teammates were totally absurd. Um, so yeah, I think I think that like the ceiling is 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 there in, in this class, especially given like like what Jake said, how how that I would I mean yeah, how so much of the 
mid to late lottery has has struggled. Um, I think that the ceiling is. There. Wait, now that we know Sharif is good, like I'm comfortable saying that he's good. Um, can we look back on how much of a joke experience that Mayfair McEachern game was? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never seen a worse context to evaluate any basketball players, and like we we could potentially be looking back on that game in about like five or six years and two of the most prolific point guard prospects in Dior Johnson and Sharif Cooper could have been both in that game. And when I, and Christopher, yeah, I was, I was, I was not <laughs> positive where you were going with that for a second. I no. thought you were going to be talking of Josh. No, no, no. All right. That's without him way too hot. Max, Max, we made a mistake. That would have been way too hot for my debut. But yeah. Um, do you like, we could, there's a very yeah, there's sure. like a chance we're looking back on this and Dior and Sharif are these like two sure. incredibly innovative, skilled, creative guards. And you would have been like, oh, what if they ever matched up against each other? And like, oh, actually they did, and it was borderline unwatchable. Like, <laughs> that reminds me of the the Peach Jam game, uh Grant Williams against Jason Tatum. It's the same exact thing. Really? I, I mean, I'm not it's not lucky enough to have exact, access to, it's the to same that exact film, thing. but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure that must be nice. It's actually fun. I'm I'm actually I'm excited <laughs> because it's. Oh, Jason was Jason was a dope Peach Jam. Player. Jason was yeah. an incredible high school player. Um, I remember yeah, he that. Was really good. <laughs> he, he was really good wing scorer. Um, he was a lot of fun. All right. Does that conclude the main portion of our, uh, of our episode? Yeah, yeah I think so. I got it all out. All right. Catching eye. Um, catching eye. I'll go. Do you want me to go all my guys at once? Yeah, all right. Yeah, um, so Alan Flanagan was fun and intriguing. Um, th- this is the, I watched my first full Auburn game was the Shreve Cooper debut. I had seen clips of Alan Flanagan on the timeline of him just pulling up from absurd distances. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Just let's just at yeah. Alan Flanagan is a real prospect at PD. above the break three. I think Alan Flanagan might be a guy. I don't know how level what level of guy, but I think he he's interesting. Um, it's like six six, stocky frame, strong dude, very comfortable taking off the dribble threes. Very almost prefers the step back. Um, he had one of those fame possessions where he had like a semi open catch and shoot three, but now we're going to pump fake and sidestep for a, uh, for a step back three. That's gotta right. love, gotta love guys wired like that. Um, and I think Flanagan is pretty much the epitome of that from what I've seen. Um, I want to, I, I don't know where he is yet. I want to see more of the defense. Um, on offense, I want to see more of him leveraging his strength. I had one really good drive where he kind of dislodged someone with that frame and got up a floater with some soft touch. Kind of want to see more of that. Uh, he settles at times and can definitely uh, be guilty of trying to do too much, uh, especially when Sharif was out and he was handling the load with Justin Powell out. Uh, he, he did look a little bit overextended. I think he's more of a wing scorer, kind of a microwave guy, I'd assume, but nonetheless intriguing. Uh, and then I have high schooler Grady Dick. Um, he's class of 2022. I uh, in the Sunrise Christian game I watched. I, I've real catching. I yeah. Stuff I mean, here. so great. I've had. I've known about him. For, I mean, he he has definitely been a known guy um, for a while now. Almost made the U16 team, the team U16 team USA team that where AJ Griffin, AJ Griffin broke out, Jabari Smith broke out at that tournament. Uh, I remember Grady Dick was, when I talked to anyone who was there, said he played really well and kind of was everyone's biggest, unlike pleasant surprise of the week. 
Um, we're talking about a six, seven. I thought he was a knockdown shooter talking to people in the area. They don't think he has that level of shot. I'm interested to see where the percentages are because he has about as clean of a clean of a two motion jumper as you're ever going to see. Um, it's not quite Matt hurt released behind the head. It's more of just a rise and fire. And he had one where it, it barely touched in that absolutely gorgeous. Like I said, six, seven great frame. Think he can put on more weight. Um, he's a real athlete, how to rotate, he rotated over for a week's side block, how to put back dunk. Um, I just think he, he could be a really nice ancillary piece for someone someday. I don't, it's a little bit early to see how big of a prospect he is, just a junior, but uh, he's definitely someone to watch this summer when AAU picks back up. Oh, also, I have one more guy. This guy is not a prospect by any means, but he was just a ton of fun to watch. Um, if you guys watch the Stanford versus Washington game, freshman point guard Michael O'Connell for Stanford was very fun. Um, takes care of the ball, scrappy on defense, did some research, and just want to give him a quick shout out. He is the only recruit in the history like since the inception of recruiting rankings to rank top 100 in in lacrosse in the country and top 100 in basketball in the country so we're talking about a stud athlete um i think he can be like he's going to turn into one of those just like elite glue guy college point guards um and with stanford having some injuries i think um he got an added role and has made the most of it so definitely a fun guy to keep tabs on ben do you have anyone uh, in our first prep to pro, um, we talked about Dylan DeSue and DJ Stewart in our catching eye section. Wait, so you I, have to specify which DJ Stewart. Yeah, that right. freaks me out. The DJ Stewart. DJ, DJ Stewart of Michigan's of Mississippi State. Before he was like this year, he's like kind of broken out and seems like might be a real prospect. This was like very in the weeds. We also talked about Santi Aldama, and we actually. Um, talked about Bones Highland Ooh. on that one fun fact. We did? Yeah, we did. Oh my god, we're such um, I did, actually, Max. You had no idea. <laughs> so. <laughs> we were, I was, we were early on Bones, but um, my point there being, um, I think Jake is cle- clearly has the right idea of <laughs> what this and what this end segment is all about, um, I, talking about just you guys. Quick, I have never Quick interjection, of. I do remember. The Michael O'Connell one is cheating because, like, he, he's just a non-prospect, <laughs> and, like, I only know about him because I follow lac- lacrosse recruiting, and it was, like, a big deal when he decommitted from Maryland to go play basketball. So, <laughs> I do follow lacrosse. I, I mean, it, I, I like lacrosse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Heard it first. You're gonna have some, you know, look out for maybe some lacrosse but content on on the pro lacrosse, <laughs> lacrosse and basketball. And I have made a vow that I will write this piece at some point. Lacrosse and basketball are extremely, <laughs> extremely similar, and I will write it, and you get, and you will read it, and you will understand where I'm coming from. They're very, very similar. The listeners can't see Max and I shaking Max our heads right now. That's, that's, that sounds like a blind retweet and a and a not actually. Retweet. I mean, look, <laughs> Max is shaking his head because I know he's never picked up a lacrosse stick before. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I've picked up a lacrosse stick. I think two times. They run in my pick life. and rolls in in lacrosse, Max. All right. Anyways, I I do remember just a quick little anecdote. I do remember listening to the first ever prep to pro and, and some. I don't forgot which one of you guys was saying like Dylan DeSue, and I was like. Who is that? Like, what? Who First is one. this guy? Where did they find him from? Yeah, and so I'm definitely going to try to continue doing the catching eye segment where you're forced to look up who I say. So yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Thinking about my favorite catching eye moments, um, 
I can't think of his name. Um, PD brought up some like German point guard, some like some like youth league German point guard that that was dropping like fifty a game on only layup. And yeah, German Wilt, who's like five eleven. <laughs> um, that that one sticks out. Um, I I can't think of his name. PD also like I think has the record for youngest guy. He talked about like. I, I, like a rising high school freshman. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm going to be able to break that. Whose name has escaped me. So, um, yeah, it clearly looks like continuing on the spirit. Of- I'm, no, I'm giving fair warning. Like, a lot of my catching eye guys will be high school basketball uh, high school, and not necessarily, like, the blue chip guys. Um, high school basketball was how I even, like, broke into, like, draft Twitter, if you want to call it. Um, I was watching the circuit for fun because that's what I did. Uh, and I, and I, what I still do, uh, in, there's nothing I like more than the EYBL sessions. Um, so I watch a ton of high school basketball. That's so Grady, take, Grady yeah. Dick was, was kind of just tip of the iceberg. I can say that. Um, all right. Well, now it feels very lame to just talk about Jared Butler. Itself, <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, well, I, I did want to mention that, that, um, it seems like Jared Butler has taken like a pretty nice step forward as a defensive player. Like in the in the past, uh, I had not thought that he was a good defensive player, and um, uh, well, I think it was the Illinois game that I watched. Like he was really, really good defensively, like on and off the ball. Um, just had some like great uh, lateral movement moments, just like stopping drives, and then was like quite good off the ball as well. And so if he if he's just like a pretty good uh combo guard defender now, uh he's a much more interesting prospect. Uh I mean I, I don't like I don't think that he's some crazy good prospect. Like I he's I don't think that he'll ever be a first round guy for me or anything, but uh you know, just like well rounded, solid combo guard. Um and I think that, that it just like it, it, it increases my confidence of him sticking in the league by a lot. That is fair. I'm excited for the Jared Butler discourse yeah, in the I, future. On the I mean, I, I think the last sentence in my Jared Butler write-up was, I'm comfortable enough to have him top 20 without grazing the rim. Skills pay the bills. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, Jared, Jared Butler's still hunting that first yeah, dunk three years in. Sharif Cooper getting his first dunk for Jared Butler is, is not oh. a good look for the third-year point guard. For you. Yeah, and for me probably. I, I think I had a tweet in the summer, like, can't wait for Sharif to shoot, like, 65% at the rim without registering a dunk. and Yeah, I would admit, I was surprised. I didn't, I I was not sure that he I Yeah, I mean, um, once I saw that Isaac Okoro was also surprised and has probably played with Sharif for, like, eight years. Like, I don't know, they go way back, and he's probably seen every Sharif dunk attempt there is. Um, once I saw that he was also surprised, I knew that, okay, like, Sharif kind of did something there. Yeah, and, and, and like... It wasn't. It wasn't. The oh no! Yeah, dunk. by no means did he like tear down the rim. <laughs> but it was technically dunk. dunk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we do end this, Eric, I just got an alert. Um, wait till you guys see the ending Cade sequence in the Kansas game. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh. Did that game end up being? Yeah, uh, Oklahoma State was up like 15 the entire game. Kansas came back, and Cade both literally and figuratively saved the game. Oh god! Oh man! So I just saw the contest saves it. Uh, what? Max, I think oh, we're at the exact god. same place. Oh my god! Oh, that was yeah. awesome. 
Oh, he's so God, he's so good. So I'll definitely be going to watch that game right after we are recording <laughs> this. Yeah, I'll have to watch that one. That'll be fun. Yeah, uh, it's all Kate is always good time. Yeah. All right, I, boys. I think that that will do it. Um, definitely bittersweet uh, for me, at least. It's been like like I said, an incredible ten months. I think this is episode eighty-two. Um, if, if off the top of my head, that might be wrong. So, something like that. Um, from just an idea I had that turned into a thing very quickly when Max bullied me into <laughs> starting this podcast, and. To, to my and maybe his surprise actually we actually did it um <laughs> and, and made it happen um it's been an incredible like uh 10 months um the support and the platform we've built is truly unbelievable um again a huge thanks to everyone who supported me and has supported max and who's going to continue to support max and jake because the podcast isn't going anywhere and it's going to keep being awesome um i am fully confident in that um so yeah i guess we'll, we'll outro one last time um, thanks to everyone who listen and follow the pod on Twitter at prep number two pro pod and follow Max on Twitter at Max a Carlin. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore follow Jake on Twitter at Jake in the paint. And one last time I will, they, uh, we'll see you all in the next episode. <laughs>